More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, Jekyll and Hyde. Are you dealing with an unpredictable person in your life? Someone who seems kind one minute and is cruel the next? Let us help. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, Jekyll and Hyde. Maybe you're dealing with somebody who can be genuinely kind one minute, but then just lashes out or acts cruelly or disrespectfully the next. Are you in a relationship with someone, whether that's a spouse, an adult child, coworker, employer, or friend, that you always feel like you're walking on eggshells around because you never know what's going to set them off? Well, you might be dealing with someone who has a Jekyll and Hyde personality, let us help you respond gracefully. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. You know, these people are everywhere, and it is definitely difficult to deal with. There's no way around it because they keep you off balance. I, I once heard uh, a psychotherapist say that 90% of the people in the on the west coast kind of suffer from this personality that just they just keep you off balance it's you all mean, about 90 percent of people have this personality on the west coast in california oh oh, oh interesting <laughs> and i just thought well that was very interesting and and you know maybe that that the way people make a living there or something like that breeds or or draws that kind of folk and i'm not I'm not insulting anyone here. If you live in that area, what I'm saying is this was this was quoted by a psychotherapist who works in that area. And I only pointed out to say, wow, this can be prevalent. And yet those of us who have folks like this in our lives are the ones who end up doubting ourselves. We think it must be something about us. We're the ones going a little crazy because, yeah, they're so loving, they're so kind, they're so generous, and all of a sudden they're not, and often they'll blame it on us. Sometimes it's not us that is dealing with it, but we see someone in relationship with someone like this that we love, you know, a, a, a son or daughter who gets involved romantically or in a friendship with someone, and you just see them sort of being either manipulated or at least at least disorientated by someone like this in their lives we can even have parents in our lives sure. who have been treating us like this all our lives it doesn't allow us to be our best selves easily it doesn't allow us to feel good 
about ourselves in that relationship. But we don't have to stay there. We also don't necessarily have to walk away completely. So what do you do if you're in a relationship like that? And some of this sounds a bit familiar. Let us help you with it today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Today's show is titled Jekyll and Hyde. Of course, it's uh, taken after the famous uh, Victorian horror novel <laughs> of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, um, the man who, uh, gentle uh, Dr. Jekyll, who takes a potion and suddenly becomes this monster uncontrollably. Two we very all, different personalities in one body. <laughs> we all have people in our lives who are kind of like that, though. Uh, people who can turn on a dime, who seem genuinely kind one minute, but then lash out at us or act cruelly or disrespectfully the next. Are you in a relationship with someone like this, uh, whether that's a parent, a spouse, an adult child, coworker, or employer, or even friend, that you feel like you're always walking on eggshells around, and you're wondering, did did I do something? You know, what what what? Do I, you know, why do I keep setting them off? Why do they keep acting like that? And then, you know, what's hard about it too is very often they just when it's over, they just want to pretend that nothing ever happened. Um, and maybe they start acting a little nicer. And then if you try to bring it up again and say, what was that about? Then they get offended. Why can't you just let it go? Why do you have to keep you know, bringing this up again? And how dare you? Or they, they do tell us that it's our fault. If sure. we hadn't been hormonal or moody oh, wow. or tired or nagging or whatever that is, then they would not have reacted that way. They had to react that way for our good because there was something off about us that they they had to you know handle in us well give us a call at 877-573-7825 you know one of the things that drives this actually there was a study by michigan state university that talks about how people often act like doing good deeds makes up for the bad things that they do without them having to actually take responsibility for their behavior. Now, it's true that the relationships do involve an emotional bank account, that when we put more into that emotional bank account by doing good and kind things, it makes accidental bad behavior easier to tolerate, but it doesn't actually uh, eliminate the effects of bad behavior. You know, if in in order to actually make up for the bad things that a person does, that person has to take responsibility, ask forgiveness, and make amends. Um, but these Jekyll and Hyde personalities uh, are aren't willing to do that, and they genuinely believe that if I just do a couple of nice things, that should clear the board. Well, and unfortunately, I think we have sort of been programmed by all the media that's been out there since you know we've been kids that that should be acceptable. So, you know, way back when TV started and you watch the the reruns of it, you see, you know, the husband who did something wrong bringing flowers and candy to his wife. And that's an old-fashioned concept. He does it because he was, you know, in the doghouse. But you've actually had this experience. If you go to the supermarket and you see flowers and you're like, oh, well, I was picking up, you know, the extra stuff and I'm going to pick up some flowers for Lisa. You'll go up to the register. Oh, somebody's in trouble. Yeah, the the person at the register, usually, unfortunately, a woman will say, oh, what would you do? Oh, you're in trouble. That's why you're getting flowers. Like, this is what we've learned 
to accept well, as in, just the way to make amends. And instead of accepting it, researchers actually recommend insisting on a constructive conversation to let that verbally abusive or cruel person know that their behavior is being noticed and is undermining both their relationship and any leadership that they might be trying to exercise. Mm. So we're going to talk about how to deal with that today on More to Life, 877-573-7825. The show is called Jekyll and Hyde. And if you are dealing with an unpredictable person, someone who tends to turn on a dime or someone you have to walk on eggshells around, we want to help you manage them gracefully. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, St. John Paul, when he was Pope, gave a series of reflections on creation and revealing how God's fingerprints in creation point us to God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that in all things, the Christian's responsibility is to work for the good of other people even when it's hard and even when it costs us. It, it you know, can be really hard to do that, but the Jekylls and Hydes in our life don't like to be called on their behavior. Be, but it is just not loving. That is, it's not working for their good to just play their game and pretend that nothing happened. Right. Well, bearing wrongs patiently is the right thing to do if an offender recognizes what they've done wrong and are trying on their own to take both responsibility for their actions and get the help they need to make real change. You know, in those cases, to call further attention to their bad behavior is, you know, just rubbing salt in the wound. But when a person refuses to acknowledge they've done anything wrong, or worse, that they want to pretend nothing ever happened so they can keep acting that way, it's time to use a different spiritual work of mercy, admonishing the sinner. Because even if that verbally abusive or cruel person would just rather ignore what they've done, we have a responsibility in love to gently but persistently insist that they need to change and get whatever help is necessary to make that change possible. So any of that research from Michigan State and the Theology of the Body agree. It's healthier and in some cases holier to confront that person to give them a chance to reform. But how do you do that, especially when they're resistant or when they push back? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the, the Father, Father, and the, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you those people who are difficult to get along with, those people who seem to turn on a dime, who can be so kind and friendly one minute and then lash out at us the next, who struggle to take responsibility for their behavior, who get offended when we try to point it out and work through it with them. Help us to know how to respond confidently, gracefully, and lovingly so that we can always work for their good and invite them in charitable ways to reform their behavior so that we can have healthier, holier relationships. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the, in the name, name of the, the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, our show is titled Jekyll and Hyde, as we talk about those unpredictable people in our lives, the, the people we have to walk on eggshells around, those folks who, you know, will seem very nice that we feel warmly toward, but then they do mean things. 
and then never want to bring it up again. Just want to move on and pretend that everything's fine. Uh, won't apologize when we try to when we try to bring it up. It, it, it they get upset and defensive. Are you dealing with somebody like that in your life? Let's talk it out and find some graceful ways to respond. Eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. Let's talk to Joe, listening to EWTN Radio in Florida. Hi, Joe. What's up? Uh, hello. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Joe. What's your question? So, so I, yeah, so I have a friend. We're both the same age. We're in our late 60s. We play golf, other sports together, helping uh, on some home projects. And he seems to fit this mode or personality that you're describing. Uh, mm-hmm. 90% of the time, we get along great everything's fine and then all of a sudden it can just be anything minor and he just blows up goes through the roof uh at you specifically uh yes usually at me um Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be if i'm close to beating beating him in the game Mm -hmm. or uh where he doesn't understand what we're trying to do at a project he's not very mechanically inclined and i am and uh he gets very frustrated and then just wants to drop the project altogether. He's quit playing golf a couple times, even after we played our green fees. And this week he did it again. We were playing a game of pickleball and wanted to argue every call. And finally I just said, look, this is no fun. You're not enjoying it. I can't stand to play sports like this. And and it just ended well. Then he sent me a message said he didn't want to be friends any any longer that's it and, oh. and it's been that way off and on so what what now you say that that that'll that'll happen off and on like like so will there come a point where he reaches back out to you and pretends that nothing ever happened or, or what will happen yes that's that's exactly exactly so uh he sent me a message said he didn't want to be friends anymore and i said i pretty much just was like i can't deal with this friendship either and left it at that and then um didn't hear back from him and then he sent me a message about something completely different like nothing that happened at all okay so so you know the, this is going to be an ongoing theme through the show about how to deal with this um but but you can't let somebody like that just move on and pretend it never happened so what you want to do is if when you know when he when he texts that and says you know you know we're nice have nice nice you know we're having nice weather lately you know or whatever it is you know you want to say you know I'm glad you seem like you're doing better um but I was really hurt by your behavior and before I'd be willing to um to go back out with you or 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 chat with you again I really need you to apologize for the way you acted last time now he might lose it again and say well if you're going to hold that against me then I don't want to be your friend it's like well that that's your choice and that would make me sad but but I when you know I in order for us to be friends again in order for me to know that it's safe to hang out with you again I really need you to take responsibility for the way you acted and apologize and I really hope that you'll be willing to do that because I would like to be able to be friends with you, but I can't unless you can you can you know take responsibility for what you did. And there's nothing wrong with that, and you know because sometimes we as Christians feel like, well, we're holding it over their heads or they're trying to move on, and here we are trying. And and those, those people will often tell us we're doing something wrong. You know why won't we just let it go? The reason you can't let it go is exactly what I was saying in the in the intro here, that um, you know bearing wrongs patiently is a beautiful spiritual work of mercy when you have somebody in your life who is taking responsibility for their behavior and maybe they slip a little bit right and but instead of jumping all over them you want to give them some space to self-correct and you know if they do great 
But if they don't, if they habitually behave in this way and pretend that nothing ever happened and want to just get away with being bad, it's not loving to not call them on it. You know, again, you don't want to rub their faces in it. You don't want to shame them for their behavior. But, it's, but it is absolutely not just appropriate, but, but I think morally necessary to say, look, I, I'm glad that you feel better. I'm glad that you're reaching back out. But you told me you didn't ever want to be my friend again. You ruined the last time we were out together. And unless you're willing to apologize for your behavior, I don't know that it's not going to happen over and over again. And I, I, I you know, need you to take responsibility for what you did before I'd be willing to, to, to be your friend again. And it's, it's perfectly great, in fact, to say, hey, I really want to be friends. I need an apology for this. I also need, how, need to know how we're going to handle this differently in the future because you get frustrated when a game isn't going in your favor or you get frustrated when we're working on a project and you don't quite know what the next steps are. And then you end up taking it out on me. And I understand frustration, but this is not okay for our friendship, and it's probably just not good for you entirely. How can we do this differently? Yeah, and the thing, the thing to hold on to for you and anybody else who's tuning in here is, is you know, this isn't just good for you. You're not just setting boundaries to protect yourself. You're actually working for your friend's good by challenging him to take responsibility for this. Now, and if he walks away, he walks away. You know, this is very much like uh, when Jesus told the rich young man, you know, sell all that you have and give the money to the poor and come and follow me. And the, and the rich man, young man walked away. And we have to give people the choice to decide to not be in relationship with us. We can't make them, uh, you know, we, we can't just bring, keep lowering the bar and lowering the bar and lowering it so, so the relationship becomes so unhealthy. But at least we have it. That, that's not what God is calling us to. So, Joe, hopefully this gives you some tips moving forward. We talk more about this in our book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. It's available at catholiccounselors.com. We are taking your calls, listeners, about those Jekyll and Hyde personalities, those people who can be really kind and loving and, and generous and friendly one minute, but then they just lash out or do something hurtful, crazy, offensive, uh, irresponsible, frustrating, but then they act like it never happened. And you're the crazy one for even being offended in the first place. How do you deal with those folks gracefully? Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. When we come back, we're taking your calls. Plus, we'll be joined by Jacob Flores, Popcheck. We'll be sharing some insights about dealing with those Jekyll and Hyde personalities assertively. Stick around for that and a whole lot more when More to Life continues after the break. EWTN helping people grow in their love and understanding of God. EWTN has just increased my faith so much. I am a cradle Catholic, and I thought I knew my faith very well. When uh, Mother Angelica passed away, and it was so much in the news, I learned all about EWTN and started listening all the time. And my eyes have been opened to my faith so much. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre K through high school. They provide the books 
lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to seatonhome.org. That is seatonhome.org. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Jekyll and Hyde as we talk about those people in our lives who can be very warm and friendly uh, and pleasant until they aren't. (laughs) And then they lash out and act like nothing ever happened afterward. How do we deal with those folks gracefully? 877-573. 7825. Joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchek. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com, an author, illustrator, and expert on the practical applications of the theology of the body. Welcome, for, uh, welcome, Jacob. Thank you so much. So you wanted to talk to us today about the three steps of an assertive response. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it, these are simple. <laughs> these are one of those things that are simple, but not easy. Because, you know, when we're talking to these kinds of Jekyll and Hyde personalities, you know, so often we want to somehow convince them that we're right. Uh, We want to somehow, you know, convince them that our points are legitimate. In fact, it it can feel like it's taking over your whole body. This compulsion is so intense because we love these people and they are so warm and kind to us so much of the time. And we want so badly for them to really see and hear us. And so we can kind of get this, if you forgive the crassness, this diarrhea of the mouth where we just talk and talk and talk to try to convince this person of our point. The problem is Jekyll and Hyde people, they, they always are feeling like the victim when they're attacking you this way. Uh, and they're, as a result, always feeling extremely defensive. And so the more we talk, the more we're overwhelming them. And the more we're going to shut them down and put them into what we call their their child self, where they're just well. And also, it seems them. to me that they don't want to change. And on some level, they know that if they just don't see it, you know, kind of remain willfully ignorant to what we're trying to say, they don't have to change. Then, yeah, I mean that's certainly the case a lot of the time. I try to give a little bit more benefit of the doubt than that, just for my own sake. But you're you're absolutely right. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of the time, these are a group of people that just don't want to be wrong. They're not willing to kind of be agnostic about the possibility that they could be incorrect. Um, and so the more you talk, the less they're going to listen. And as a result of that, or in response to that, I offer this alternative to be friendly, firm, and brief. I, I always encourage my friends, my clients, whoever, to, to resist that compulsion to over-talk in hopes that this person would hear you and and instead try to be as friendly as possible you know you don't have to yell you don't have to be mean you don't have to scold because again that's just going to defend them it's going to cause them to be more defensive defend themselves more right but you are going to be extremely firm and you are going to be extremely brief 
So being able to say something like, that's true, honey. I love you, but that's not an acceptable way of speaking to me. And then they say their whole, blah, 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 but you did, blah, 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 blah. That's true, honey. I love you, but that's not an okay way of speaking to me. Right? And you start just repeating it like a broken record. That's a textbook example of a friendly, firm, brief response. You're not being mean. You're being friendly. Or right. you, let's say, say, let's take that out, and let's say they they well, they walk away in a huff now, and they come back an hour later and pretending that everything's fine. Uh, I, would, would another example of that be saying something like, "I'm glad you're feeling better, but I still need you to apologize for the way you treated me before." Yeah, exactly. Classic example: friendly, firm, brief. I am not going to spend a million years wasting my energy shutting you down by trying desperately to, to dance hard enough that you'll hear me and love me and, and get the legitimacy of my point. I don't need you to agree with me to still get what I need out of this situation. You don't have to agree with me in order to speak to me differently or to do something different. You just have to do it. Yeah, it's, it's all about, and it's all about holding the line then and really giving them a choice. Do they want to do that or do they just not want to be in the relationship? Because, because ultimately it comes down to being able to set that kind of a firm boundary that I want to be in a relationship with you, but in order for this to be a healthy relationship, I need you to do X. Are you willing to do that? Or like the rich young man in, in Jesus experience, are you going to walk away sad? Uh, and you know, the more we're able to just be, as you said, friendly, firm, uh, and brief, the the more we're able to set effective boundaries with the people in our lives instead of letting them turn basically turn ourselves into a knot trying to convince and explain and justify our uh, a need to have them do something different. Well, I think that we turn ourselves into a knot because these people are so loving at times that we always want their approval. So how do we keep yeah. in this mindset when we really want their approval for the limits we're setting? Because I have to remember that as much as I want their approval, I don't need it. It doesn't make me who I am. At the end of the day, my identity is as a child of God, as a unique and unrepeatable creation of God with my own unique and beautiful characteristics. And if my, you know, my friend, my partner, my parent, my, my adult child, my whoever doesn't approve of me, that can hurt, but it doesn't ultimately change who I am. I can want it, but I don't need it. Well, and I don't need it because, uh, you know, as a child of God, God asks me to do what is good and what is loving. And in this instance, that means holding that person accountable for their bad behavior so that they have a chance to reform. Jacob, thank you so much for being with us. Great insights, really important steps to being assertive, friendly, firm, and brief. And with that, we got to go to break. But when we come back, we are continuing to take your calls at 877-573-7825 about dealing with those Jekyll and Hyde personalities in your life. Give us a call. We'll talk it out. 877-573-7825. If you're an optimistic Catholic, will you live longer? I'm Chuck Adica, and this is Journey Strong. My wife Susan and I recently lost a dear friend who almost made it to age 99. Varied studies suggest that we may have a better chance of living to near 100 if we are both emotionally aware and hold a positive attitude about life. Being optimistic is a Catholic thing, or it should be. We hold views that include man and God prevailing over darkness and evil, and all human life being highly valued and unique, all positive. But we need more than worldly optimism. We need true theological hope. The Catechism states, 
Hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. Now that's hope. For more on this, look to the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. We're all going to suffer. No one is getting out of this life unscathed. Even if you're an agnostic or an atheist, everyone is going to suffer. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, as the Lord tells us in the New Testament. So what do we do with it? Do we just say, oh, I'm so glad that's over and don't learn anything from it? Or do we say, okay, God, this was not fun. Or as St. Teresa of Avila, the great doctor of the church and my patron said, if this is the way you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few, right? Like, really, Lord? Seriously? And that's okay if you express yourself that way, obviously with respect and love, but St. Teresa of Avila did it, and so many saints expressed their frustrations that way. But at the end of the day, they still came back to God and said, okay, Lord, this really stinks, but I know somehow at the end, I'm going to come through it, and you're going to show me what you want me to do with it. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio, Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Hi, I'm Lisa Popcheck. Do you feel held back by your inner critic, that little voice whispering, I can't, or I'm not good enough? The spiritual master and doctor of the church, St. Ignatius of Loyola, realized that these disheartening thoughts, which he called desolations, are not from God, especially when they tempt us from becoming who God wants us to be. Consolations, on the other hand, come from the Holy Spirit. These positive thoughts encourage us to trust in God's plan for us. If we want to follow God's plan, we need to quell that inner critic and listen instead to the consoling voice of the Holy Spirit. Here's a practice that can help. First, every day, write down your successes. Did you make someone smile? Did you exercise despite feeling low? Write it down. Next, write down the strengths or virtues behind those successes. The kindness that brought out that smile, for instance, or the persistence that helped you exercise. Finally, turn your virtues into daily I am statements. I am kind or I am persistent. Doing so will remind you that your identity flows from the gifts of God's grace, not that inner critic. For one-on-one support on your spiritual journey, visit CatholicCounselors.com. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, Jekyll and Hyde. Are you dealing with one of those people who can be really kind one minute, but then just lashes out and loses it the next? Someone you always feel like you have to walk on eggshells around because you never know how they're going to respond or what's going to set them off. And then when they do lose it, they don't take responsibility for it. They don't apologize. They just pretend that it never even happened. What do you do with that kind of crazy-making behavior? How do we respond gracefully to those people? 877-573-7825. 
five. Before we go to our next call, we want to send out congratulations to another longtime member of the EWTN radio family. Annunciation Radio on five FM stations in northern Ohio is celebrating their 13th year with us. Woo! Congratulations to Dave Asheris and his team at Annunciation Radio. From all of us at EWTN and wherever you are tuning in to Catholic Radio, make sure you are supporting your local station, both with your prayers and with your dollars, so we can keep Catholic Radio going strong and growing stronger every day, supporting you and your loved ones in living a more faithful, abundant life. Congratulations again to Annunciation Radio and Dave Asheris and his team at Annunciation from all of us here at More to Life and EWTN. Let's talk now with Jackie, who's listening to EWTN to EWTN Radio on Divine Mercy Radio. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out today? Oh, good morning. Hey, my sister is one of these Jekyll and Hyde personalities, and this has been going on, you know, all of our lives. I'm in my mid-60s. She's 70. And I just, it's is getting, it's, it's becoming more frequent uh, last week was my birthday. She asked me what I wanted. I, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. But she arranged for a gift certificate at a local restaurant. And last week was also a really big event at our church. Actually, it was yesterday. But during all of last week, I was planning. I was cooking. I was, you know, um, editing programs, you know, doing all the kind of things that a little teeny tiny parish where everybody has to do a lot of work just to keep everything running. And Friday evening, she sent me a text. Um, I had been sharing pictures with her of uh, one of my daughters and her husband, and she said, oh, the girl's so pretty, but the guy just, uh, and I'm like, what? And she said, well, I don't like facial hair. I was like, well, but it's him. You know, he gets to choose whether, you know, don't dismiss the entire person based on his looks. And so she changed the subject, and she said, have you used your gift certificate yet? And I said, well, I've been really busy this week, and next week we're going on vacation, but I will get there as quickly as I can. And she said, well, I thought you'd be more excited about it. Because this is a really, really swank restaurant. And I said, I just haven't had time. And she got really huffy and said, well, I'll check and see if there's a deadline on this gift certificate. And I said, why don't you why don't you just ask for a refund? You know, because I don't know why it all of a sudden was so important that I use it right now. And she said, why do you make it so difficult to be, for me to be your friend? <laughs> and I tried okay, to- well, I mean, you know, so I, she, she clearly got under your skin. With the, yeah, with it the sounds thing like you two rub each other the long yeah, way and yeah. a lot of things you say to each other. So, um, you know, I, I want to uh, to say, you know, yes. I mean, it, it, her, you know, there are sometimes people who will make... Um, 
you know, the gift about them, ultimately. They want, they want your approval, right? And so they do this nice thing for you, and then they want to know that you... I mean, it's, it's fine to want to know that you, the other person appreciates the gift, but there's a point where you can make it, start making it about you. You know, where I need, I need you to do this so that I, you can pat me on the head and give me my Scooby snack and tell me I did a good job. Yeah, and that's really what she's saying. She wants your approval. Right, and I'm not sure what the dynamic is behind all that, but she she's desperate for your approval, uh, and maybe you can fill in some some of the blanks there on on why that might be. Um, I, you know, I understand why you reacted the way you did when you said, "Well, why don't you just go ahead and get a refund?" But I think you know it, it would be better in the future if this happens again to just say, "You know what? I really did appreciate the gift, and I promise that I'll get to it as soon as I can." But I'm just I'm just too busy. That doesn't mean I'm not excited. It just means that I haven't had time to do it. Uh, yeah, I really do appreciate the gift, and thank you very much. And then leave it at that, uh, because because you're not you're not helping anything by saying just give it the refund, right? Because what what she's wanting is to know that you approve of her, and that you validate her, and that you value her, uh, and and she you know is 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 not feeling that because of of you're not rushing right out and doing the thing. Now that's a silly expectation on her part, um, but then you end up playing into the the game that she's setting up by saying, well, just go ahead and get a refund, because what she hears is, I failed my, I failed my sister, and Jackie's never going to approve of me, right? And so, you know, obviously that's not what you meant, that wasn't your intention, but there's, there's you know, instead of having relationships, sometimes we play games with people. And I'm not saying that you are playing a game, I'm saying that your sister is playing this game of, you know, will Jackie approve of me? And then, you know, you end up failing, losing that game by not approving of her in some way. And then she walks away saying, see that Jackie never approves of me. I, I can never do anything right by her. Well, so then she gets to be the right one in her own mind. It sounds like this has its roots in a lot of history for you two as sisters and, you know, probably back to sibling rivalry when you were kids. And it might. This is something to pray about. Do you some good to just sit down with her, you know, go out sometime with her for dinner. And the two of you just sit down and say, what do we want our relationship to look like? Because we're not teenagers anymore and we want to be friends. How can we do this? You know, honestly, all this past stuff. If, if that's the game that's happening here and if that's sort of where your sister's coming from, you even saying to her in the first place, oh, I don't want anything for my birthday. I don't want, you know, I, I'm just too busy. What she hears is you're too busy for me. You don't want anything from me. You don't want to spend time with me. Now, again, you're not saying that to her. That's not your intention. I don't know why she thinks that way, but it's clear that she does. So you want to watch out to not step into that trap and play that game where Jackie doesn't approve of her sister, okay? Uh, and Jackie doesn't, doesn't can't, you know, that your sister can't ever do anything to please Jackie is, is kind of what's happening here. Be mindful of that in your future interactions with her because that's really where all this stuff is coming from. All right, thanks so much for the call, Jackie. And if there's more we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out to us here on More to Life. Or check out the book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving mm-hmm. Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. It's available at catholiccounselors.com. Well, as we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. By speaking the truth in love, we grow in every way into Christ, who is our head. And this is important. You know, we, we, we often don't speak the truth and think that we're being loving, right? We, we think that the, it's unloving sometimes to speak the truth. But what St. Paul here is reminding us uh, is, the, is, is that we grow in our Christian identities by speaking the truth in love, by saying what needs to be said, even to those people who don't necessarily want to hear it, who get offended whenever we tell them. If the goal is working for their good, 
working for the good of our relationship and working for our good, then we need to say the thing and keep saying it until the message gets across. So don't be afraid to be, as Jacob was talking about in his segment, uh, friendly, firm, and brief in stating what needs to happen to make your relationships healthier and holier. With that, we're going to go to break, but when we come back, we're taking your calls about those Jekyll and Hyde personalities in your life. 877-573-7825. This program is brought to you in part by MyLifeAngels.com. MyLifeAngels provides peace of mind by notifying you the moment a loved one enters an emergency room. Right on your smartphone, you'll have instant access to everything needed, including all legal documents, to ensure you are empowered to protect their life-affirming wishes. My Life Angels also alerts hospital ER staff with critical medical information and emergency contacts. More information at MyLifeAngels.com. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Your search for affordable health care stops here. Since 2014, CMF Curo has provided Catholics with affordable health care sharing that goes beyond insurance. With programs that cost less than many COBRA and ACA-sponsored plans, CMF Curo is the Catholic health sharing experience that enables you to live fully alive while saving money. Call 1-833-GET-CURO to find affordable Catholic health care now. That's 1-833-GET-CURO. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today's show is titled Jekyll and Hyde as we talk about dealing with those people who seem to turn on a dime between being friendly and kind one minute and then just lashing out the next and then pretending nothing ever happened. How do you deal with those people gracefully? 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Michaela, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Pennsylvania. Hi, Michaela. Welcome to More to Life. What's your question for us? Hey, good morning. Um, Yeah, I have someone like that to a T, all of that. Um, It is my husband. And um, I will tell you that he has been treated like that when he was a child because his father was sort of an abusive, emotionally abusive, physically person, I found Mm -hmm. out. But anyway, when you tried everything that you tried, we have a great prayer life. He'll pray with me, everything. Um, But he Tell me about that. Because you're saying saying he acts like this. How do you guys pray together if you say you have a great prayer life? 
Um, every morning, um, unless he has to leave super early to go um, on the road or something, um, we have about an hour, 45 minutes. We pray the rosary. We have scripture, the word among us, things like that. Uh, okay. We have our particular prayers. We do it also in the evening. Um, do you pray, pray specifically about this problem between the two of you? Um, we've talked to priests. We've talked to... Uh, no, no, that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying do you, when you pray every day, do you say, Lord... I don't know how to deal with my husband's anger and how and how to how to how we can get past this so we can have a better relationship. Can you please help me know how to respond to him and help him to change this behavior? Well, sort of kind of. I mean, we've prayed to Rosary sort of kind of sort of kind of isn't. Okay? So, so mm-hmm. let me just I just want to say sort of kind of isn't. Yeah, especially right, so in a situation <laughs> like this, it sort of kind of won't get you anywhere. Yeah. It has to be very specific. So there, there are three things that I want you to do, Michaela. All right. The first one is I want you to change up your prayer life because right now it's beautiful that you're say, you're praying together. That's wonderful. But I want you to move from saying words at God to actually praying about your relationship. And every day, when, in addition to those prayers that you're saying, which are beautiful prayers, I, I want you to, 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 to add, Lord, help us to have the marriage that you want us to have. I'm really struggling with my husband because he's often cruel and unkind to me and is unwilling to apologize for his behavior, is unwilling to change. Uh, you told our screener, by the way, I'm telling our listeners that, that he tells you to deal with it because he doesn't see it as a problem. You know, I feel really disrespected and unloved many times by my husband when he acts that way, and I don't know how to respond to him in a way that will help him be the man that you called him to be. Help me know how to respond to him in a way that will challenge him to be that loving, godly man who can accept responsibility for his behavior and treat me with the respect that I deserve. I want you to say those words. Now, he's going to get mad about that. I don't care. <laughs> because he, if, he's, if he really is a man of God, he needs to be challenged on this. In fact, Michaela, uh, I'm going to say, I said three things, I went four things. I want you to download the podcast of More to Life and play it for him and listen to it together. All right, number two, um, when he acts like this, if he goes, if let's say you go, he goes away and he comes back later and he pretends that everything's fine, you need to say to him, honey, I love you. I'm glad you're feeling better, but I need you to apologize for the way you treated me Otherwise, you're not a safe person to be around. And he's going to get upset. And he's going to walk away again. And he's going to come back two hours later and say, so, hey, honey, what's for dinner? At which point you're going to say, honey, I, I love you and I'm glad you're feeling better. But until you can apologize for the way you treated me, you're not a safe person to talk about dinner with. I can't believe you're holding that against me. I can't believe you'd bring that back up. How dare you? And he walks away and he comes back two hours later. He says, oh, nice weather we're having. Yeah, you know what, honey, I love you and I'm glad you're feeling better, but until you can apologize to me for the way you treated me, you're not a safe person to talk about the weather with. Why can't you just get over it? Why don't you just deal with it? Well, I am dealing with it by holding you accountable for your behavior, and when you can apologize the way they treated me, then we can move forward. The point is, Michaela, you have to do what Jacob was talking about, be friendly, firm, and brief, and do not let it go like a broken record until he actually apologizes. I tell you what, I had a client, this was the only thing she said to her husband for a month. And she was ready to divorce him because it wasn't getting through. And he finally broke down and said, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I, 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 I see what you're saying, and I was wrong, and I'm sorry. But that's what it takes some time to hold somebody you love accountable for their behavior, especially when it's as intractable as you're saying that your husband's behavior is. Well, you're not only calling him to heal the marriage and the relationship and what he's been putting you through for 20 years, but you, you were very clear. He grew up with a very dangerous 
father. He's got a lot of wounding going on there. So by saying to him, you know, this is what needs to happen from here on in, you're actually causing him to take a look at himself and really begin healing that that inner woundedness that he's still carrying around from his dad. And there is part of him, I guarantee you, especially because he has this this prayer life with you that is very systematic and you do this together he probably is telling himself that as long as he is not as bad as his dad then he's just great as a husband he's just fine as a human but he isn't healed from all of this yet it's still triggering these responses in him and he's not the person that god is calling him to be yet but if you hold him accountable if you're the woman of god in his life who can live out that sacrament of marriage by calling him on and doing it in a loving way you can heal a lot of this and not just improve your marriage but a lot of the torment he's still going through inside well and and i would say you know if he's not willing to apologize for his behavior and then you guys go pray together it's it's a lie and 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 mm-hmm. jesus even says leave your gift at the altar and go reconcile to each other and then you can come back Very and pray good point. so you know that's that that's really important for the, for his soul uh, to to hold him accountable for this um the third thing i i think you you've told our screener that you've been to counseling before uh, and it hasn't really worked. Um, he doesn't want it to work, right? Because he, he facing this is scary and painful. Um, and so he wants to just let have you leave him alone. So he's not going to be a partner with you in fixing this. So if you find that you're not strong enough to hold him accountable on your own, I want you to go to a marriage-friendly counselor um, to work on strengthening yourself so that you can learn to hold him accountable so that eventually he will be willing to be a partner with you. But until you are strong enough to do this, He's not going to be willing to work with you in having a better marriage because this works for him. Uh, he just stomps around and fumes and, and hollers and, you know, tantrums, and then you let it go. Until you learn how to not let it go, he's not going to be willing to change. So I want you to hold on to those things uh, and I, let me be the bad guy. Download the podcast, listen to it together, and let me challenge him man to man. I'm sure. Mr. Michaela, I'm sure that you mean well, I'm sure that you love God, and I'm sure that you're trying to be a good man, but you're hurting, and you're hurting your wife, and you need to learn to take responsibility for that, apologize, and amend your ways. God's going to hold you accountable for this. Let the graces of marriage do the healing it's meant to do. Thank you for the call, Michaela. All right, we have just a little bit of time, but let's go to Jaylee, who's listening in Connecticut. Hey, Jaylee, welcome to More to Life. What's up? Hi, I've called before about um, my husband's sister-in-law. We went to go visit them last year in um, Georgia. She was criticizing a lot of, like, her sister and her mother's marriage. They were actually over at the house, too, to make matters worse. And I was trying to help guide her to be like, hey, you know, I've, I've also noticed that you've done this in your relationship, but I've also said, like, I don't live here. Like, you know, I don't know what your relationship is like every day. Like, I've had worse situations with my husband, and I use, like, the most calm tone and everything. And it ended up to her, you know, she left the room pretty, like, quietly, I guess, but then she, like, stormed off with her sister in her car. Then she came back. She, like, lost herself in the room. And then when um, she came back and I, you know, had a conversation with her, she was like, you're attacking me. You're saying this and this. You don't live here. And I'm like, no, I, I said all those things to you. Like, I'm just trying to help you. This has been a person that probably for, like, the past 15 years has been very toxic, has always hurt me. And I've always been like, turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek. Like, 
she doesn't have anyone that's shown her really the Catholic faith, although she's Catholic as well. Like, I brought her to adoration. I sent her. So what what, what can we do for you, though? What's your question? I've only got about four minutes here. So how, what, what, how can we help you today? Um, Just basically learning how to deal with those Jekyll and Hyde things. At this point, I feel like I just need to back off and like because then she'll like how i know how in the, in the thing you guys have said like the person will come and talk to you like as if nothing has ever happened and it's been like this for so many years and i've tried to like talk to her and yeah the same thing well all right so so here's here's what i want you to do like i mean first of all you, you know this is a sister-in-law right so there's not somebody that you necessarily see every day and that you have to be best friends with and she wasn't personally attacking you you were making an observation of her criticism about her own people her own family so, so you know. yeah, number number one, you want to try to stay out of it, okay, <laughs> as yeah. much as possible. I mean, in fact, you, you told our screener a different situation where you know you where um, uh, let's see, you, you said let's see, I'm trying to read this here. It says your 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 uh, husband, your brother's wife is critical. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and okay, all right. So, anyway, in in the situation here, um, this wasn't this wasn't something that you really needed to comment on right, right? if she had attacked you your husband your children that is your purview absolutely you handle that in a just and loving and and a way that actually calls her on i'm not saying you were wrong for doing it i'm saying that with this particular personality well, you know what she's good. like why, why would you bother putting your your head in that in that fan you know <laughs> it's like you know it's going to get chopped off why do you keep doing it so 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 it's okay to set those kinds of boundaries you want to step back and ask yourself what kinds of things can i do with this person and what kinds of interactions can i have with her that allow me to walk away feeling safe. In other words, I don't have to spend the rest of the day putting myself back together again. I'm going to limit myself to those interactions, right? I can talk to her about the weather. I can talk to her about movies. I can talk to her about X, Y, and Z, but I cannot talk to her about A, B, and C because when I do, boy, she doesn't take it well. So I'm not going to talk to her about A, B, and C anymore. There's nothing wrong with that, all right? You're, you're recognizing the limits and boundaries of your relationship, and you're limiting yourself to that. And you might say, well, that's not being authentic. That's not being... No, it, it's, being, it's being who you have to be around this person to have a civil relationship with them. Because in this situation, you need a civil relationship for the sake of the larger family, for holidays, for all of those things. And when we interject into someone's life, we have to be pretty sure... A, that God is asking us to do so, and B, that we can have some kind of influence, and you don't have any influence in her life because you don't have enough of a relationship with her to be influential. And you acknowledged all that, okay? But if you acknowledge all that, why bother saying it in the first place? So, so I mean, on the one hand, you know, she is very defensive, and she doesn't take well to these kinds of comments. On the other hand, you really need some better boundaries to know what you can and can't say. Right. So, so, so I'd like you to focus on that for now and really recognize that, you know, you can have an okay relationship with this person. It won't probably be a very deep relationship. You won't be able to be completely honest with her, but you can have a civil relationship with her. You can focus on, you know, talking about current events and you know, other things that are non-controversial. Um, but you know the kinds of things that are going to upset her. Don't bother uh, you know, sticking your neck into that, right? Thanks so much for the call, Jaylee, and I'm sorry that uh, that uh, I, I can't give you a way to just make it all better, but this will make it a lot better, mm -hmm. uh, and knowing those boundaries is going to be really important for your future relationship with your sister-in-law. Thanks for the call. All right, well, that's all the time we've got for today's program. Thank you so much for letting us walk with you and help you find graceful responses to those people who tend to turn on a dime. And just the, the big takeaway from the show here is the most loving thing you can do to someone who doesn't want to face their stuff 
is to say, look, I love you, but you need to face your stuff. <laughs> you know, especially if you're in a relationship with him, like a spouse or, or, or a kid or a family member. It's important to be able to say, look, I, I love you too much to let this go. You know, I'm not going to be mean to you. I'm not going to you know, yell at you. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to attack you. But I am going to hold you accountable so that you can be the person that God's calling you to be. And I'm willing to stay with you and work through that if you're willing to work with me on it. But I'm not willing to let you act like this, especially toward me, because it undermines your dignity and mine. That's all the time we've got for today's program. If you'd like to learn more about dealing with those Jekyll and Hydes in your life, come on over to CatholicCounselors.com and learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to transform your life You've in grace. Been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.